Drive's top four at four. Hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. It's time for the top four at four. Brought to you this afternoon by FanDuel. Marcus, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, Vols tabbed as the SEC East favorites, also boasting four preseason all-SEC selections. And that's just what the title instead of the, the article. Ba- was baseball. We're talking about baseball. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. I thought you were meaning um, – I thought you were meaning like a certain poll or something like that. I was, no. It, you tell the people what sport we're talking about. I'm talking about baseball, Russell. Okay. Thank you. The uh, second-ranked Tennessee baseball team was picked to win its division, as well as represent, uh, as and well represented on the preseason All SEC team, which were announced by the league office today. So we've got Dolanders coming on that list. We got Burns, Ahuna, and where am I missing? Maui, Wowie, first team, lofty expectations. You think Beam, Beam is, is he second team? Mm, he is uh, preseason All-American first team, according to NCBWA. Oh. Uh, Collegiate Baseball has him second okay, team. We're, we're talking about the, the All-SEC team that was announced today. Yeah. Are you a little bit salty that Tennessee does not get – LSU's getting all the honors, man. Did we not dominate this league last season? I'm sorry. They brought in a bunch of people. We brought in a bunch of people. I got a little chip on my shoulder going into this season, man. I'm ready to crack some skulls. It's a little disrespectful, Russ. Being a little bit, a little bit out of line. A little out of line. A little out of line. A little out of order. You were. Uh, I was. They were. They were. Thank you. At number two, some big trades happening on in the NBA as it is the deadline for the NBA trade deadline, and we got Kevin Durant on the move. Goes from the Nets to the Suns. Is the whole Durant, Harden, Irving triumvirate of Nets, is that oh, the biggest funny. super team failure of all time in any sport? What about when we had Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce with the Nets? No. Because they, uh, they had Lopez there. But that was after the Celtics, right? Right, but like they had like a high they expectations. They were washed. That's not anywhere near like what was the the Vince Young dream team remember that that fiasco oh if we're going football yeah I'm just talking I thought you were talking sport yeah any, any sport. sport Vince Young dream Vince team. Young and the dream team the Philadelphia so, yeah. Eagles dream team he went to the Eagles he had that big press conference after he left the Titans and he goes yeah this is like the dream team I don't remember that oh, he it was went hysterical. to the Eagles and called it the dream team yeah, yeah. War number nine in honor of uh, Steve McNair. Well, I'm talking about like an actual super team that we all ex- – I, I think people expected the Nets to be good. Nobody expected the Vince Young and the Eagles to be good. But I, I think there that people – big-time players in that, in that like besides who? him. Who all was it? That, what was that? I can never – They didn't never, pan out, but I they can, had a lot of potential. I can never pronounce his last name, but he was that corner that left Oakland, and he went to – Yeah, that dude. Nambi. He left for Philly during that same free agency. Yeah. I, I feel like the, there were not nearly the expectations oh, pull, of that team as there were on the Nets. They, when, I mean, when they got crazy. that group together, they expected to win a title. Yeah. Expected it. A- at least one title. 
And they got not only did they not win one, they didn't get close. They didn't get make a conference finals. Did they even win a playoff series together? I think they got no, they got swept by Boston. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think they won a series. Uh, other trades that happened in the NBA, you had you had Russell Westbrook heading to Utah. Weird place for him. Lakers getting D'Angelo Russell back, re, uh, reuniting there. Uh, the other big trade that we had was we did, in fact, have a volunteer headed out. Josh Richardson heading from the Spurs to New Orleans. It's a good move for him, man. Jay Rich has become a bit of a journeyman, hasn't he? It's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Get to go live in New Orleans, play for the Pelicans. Got Zion as his teammate. It's not a bad trade-off. He's played for the Heat, 76ers, the Mavs, the Celtics, the Spurs, and now the Pelicans will be his sixth NBA franchise. He's well-wanted. That's how I he's, take he's, that. He's a guy that can ball for you for a team. I mean, he mm-hmm. is what he is. At number three, uh, Charlie Strong has decided to leave Miami over the defensive coordinator snub. Running coach Charlie Strong, who was Miami's co-defense coordinator and linebackers coach last season, told ESPN on Thursday that he would not return to Miami for the 2023 season after being passed over the defensive coordinator job. He shared the position with Kevin Steele, and when Kevin Steele left, uh, Coach Cristobal hired Lance Guidry to be the new defensive coordinator. No, that is. He was at Marshall. You know Lance Guidry's tied to Tennessee football. No. There. Let me make. Let me double check this before I say something stupid. That's so unlike uh, us. Da, 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 da. If if it's if I'm wrong. I will uh, just swallow this back. I believe Lance Guidry is Jansen Jackson's father. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Am I? Oh, I just got to. I cannot find confirmation on I this. I got a message from someone that I trust that said that. Okay. The same thing. Hey, So there we minds. go. Uh, so, yeah, Coach Cristobal, this is a quote from Strong. Coach Cristobal and the program made a decision to go in a different direction. It's time for me to go in a different direction as well. He didn't even get interviewed for the D.C. job, despite being the co-defensive coordinator. And that, is pretty, that is pretty lame of Cristobal not to even interview him. Well, to give him a heads up and yeah. say, this is what I'm going to do, to just hire your co-D.C., the other co-D.C. leaves. And it is completely reasonable to you for you to assume that you are going to be the defensive coordinator. Sure. Unless your coach has told you that, you know, they're trying to shuffle you off or something. It's reasonable to assume that you're Charlie Strong. You're a former head coach at Texas, Louisville. Like He was the assistant head coach at yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. You're going to be the defensive coordinator. They bring in another guy without telling you. That's cold-blooded, man. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and finally, at number four, uh, European Super League has launched a new proposal, trying to bring that back as they eye an 80-team tournament. A future European Super League could include as many as 80 teams, uh, Chief Executive Richard said of A22 Sports Management, a company formed to sponsor and assist the creation of a breakaway football league. So as we know, the Super League was trying to get all the best teams 
put them in their own thing. Now well, they're going to expand it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, the old Super League was it was just like 20 teams, and there was going to be no promotion relegation. It was just mm-hmm. going to be those 20 teams every year, and they would just have this huge pile of money to share amongst themselves. Now they're basically saying, no, it's going to be, you know, there's it's merit-based. You, you have to win your way into it, which to me, like, how is this different from Champions League? It, yeah, it's just the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just a way for Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barcelona not to fall even further financially behind the giants of the Premier League, but nobody cares. So I uh, hope it doesn't happen. Thank you, Marcus. That is the top four at four brought to you this afternoon by our fine friends over at FanDuel. We appreciate them. Of course, you got. The big game coming up this weekend, Super Bowl time. And this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Download FanDuel now and use our promo code at signup, drive one. So you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line point spread to who will score a touchdown and you know, go and play around with some of these uh, fun player props and Super Bowl prop bets they've got going on right now. You can check it out. Download FanDuel on your smartphone for free. The app is safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. And best of all, you get your winnings paid instantly. Sign up with our promo code when you join Drive one, that's D R I V E, and the number one at sign up to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. They got it up to 3,000 back now. Got to jump in there. Eagles, one and a half. Went favorite. Probably haven't talked about the Super Bowl enough this week. I think it's going to be a good one. Certainly got it. Good potential. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fayduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Let's go right back to the phones. Christopher Gabriel is coming up in our third hour. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we continue to vent with you. 865-546-8200. Roberto is next. What's up, Roberto? Long timey no talky, gents. Hey, man. Hope you're well. Uh, <laughs> ah. yeah, sure. Got him. So, imagine me coming back uh, to Knoxville from the happiest place on earth. I spent uh, four days in Florida with my family. And uh, seeing that pile up on the television last night. Yeah. Uh, Here's what I'm happy. rubbed wrong. Not good times. I mean, we're, not, we're clearly not good offensively. Our offensive efficiencies in the 60s were bad. Okay? Our defense, it wasn't great last night. But, I mean, Vanderbilt could have thrown at the ocean and it gone. I mean, you know, they were just throwing the ocean last night. It, 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 that You have those nights defensively. Here's what I'm I'm just spent, guys. You you probably you you probably pointed the finger at types like me today on the station at least three times, so I'll say it. I'm one of them. 
I'm spent on Barnes taking no accountability. I'm spent. I have no more inch. I have no more uh, emotions for that. I have no more forgiveness for it. Please take. Please take your own offenses. Like, well, he knows he's got to dunk that. Actually, for for me, that kid, his natural inclination is going to be to dunk that ball. It is unnatural for him to be inclined to not dunk it. So, one of two things has happened. You've browbeat him into submission where he's not going to do anything you don't say, exactly as you say it. Or two, you've told him so many times, do not shoot that ball in the preceding possessions. Nobody actually went, hey, this time when we run this perfect pick play and this inbounds and you're wide open, we want you to dunk it. Yeah. There's no other options. Yeah. That kid did not naturally go, I'm not going to go dunk this ball. I that is unnatural for a kid of his caliber to do. I think we're Agreed all in agreement. Yeah. No, I mean, you're preaching to the choir, Roberto. Yeah. I mean, I think that he probably would have done that last year, but, you know, he's just, he's afraid of doing the wrong thing. And he erred on the side of caution last night and it cost us a game, unfortunately. And it's probably going to cost him minutes and, 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 and sprints in the gym. You know, Barnes expects so much out of his players. And in a way, that's a really great thing. But Barnes, as I've said, I don't know how many freaking times, Barnes has no alpha males. There are no killers on this team. Because Barnes, it is the Sam Walton principle. I told everybody that will listen about it. Essentially, Sam Walton didn't, didn't ever want anybody that's more powerful in his company than himself. He wanted to be the face of the program. He is the most important person. Rick Barnes is that guy. He's, he's, that's called level four leadership. There's level five leadership where you breed the guy behind you that comes and takes your place and nobody misses a beat and they continue to do that and so on and so on. Okay. Barnes doesn't recruit alpha males because Barnes can't have anybody run up against him and any alpha male he ever has, he casts aside and sends to other programs where they score 45 points in a game. And I just it, it just incenses me, and I'm over it. I'm over – I don't mind playing great defense. If we're going to be a great defensive team, though, can we play like Virginia does? Can we be – can we just go ahead and be boring but not be bad? Yeah. Because right now we're bad boring. <laughs> bad boring. Bad combo That's what that is. Yeah. I Well, I'm sorry. I know I'm probably just beating on a dead horse, but it just – it just it, – it's incensing – the arrogance that he walks around with that he can never as, as a good Christian man, as you know, they say he's a good Christian man. I believe that in my heart of hearts, I genuinely believe he's a man of faith. He does it the right way. I think he's probably pretty good to his players. I hear he's pretty jovial and good around the living room. and has a quick with the joke in the light up your smoke to quote uh, the great Billy Joel. Right. But like either show that to us as a fan base or stop acting like you're perfect. Because there's only one perfect guy in his religion, and I'm down with that, okay? But, like, the man literally acts as though he's above reproach when it comes to taking blame, and it pisses me off to no end. And it literally flies in the face of his face. Take care. Well, Roberto, letting the chopper spray this afternoon here on Fan Run Radio. Tommy gun out. The, the only thing uh, – 
I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm not going to get into the flies in the face of his faith. Whether uh, Roberto was, uh, he's getting a little bit off the rails there towards the end. It's okay. It happens. Um, I, I don't think Rick Barnes is punishing Phillips for that dunk. I don't think he's making him run or anything. I think he probably yeah, feels I, sorry for him like we all do. But I, I do wonder, does he does he realize that being so hard on the guys, I'm not even going to say probably, like directly contributed to him not dunking that ball. You you really think so? Absolutely, absolutely. Our guys, I mean, we've been watching it for eight years now, man. They they play. Me as a he's a taskmaster. They are scared to pull the trigger on offense, and nobody complained about it in the Grant and Admiral years because those teams were like the opposite of this team, where they were top five in adjusted offensive efficiency and then like and in I the thirties or forties crazy scoring. on defense. Yeah. So, so nobody was like, Oh, you know, they're afraid to play offense because those were pretty good offenses. But as the offense has decreased and the defense has gone up, it stands out a little bit more when, and, and it's weird to me because Barnes is always talking about guys passing up open shots. And it's like, yeah, Rick, because when they do pull the trigger and they miss, you jerk them out of the game. I mean, we don't, we don't, I'll tell you what we could really use is like junior year Jordan Bowden on this team. Somebody will attack the rim aggressively, always looking. I mean, just a, you know, a killer, a guy that's always looking to go to the rack and slam it, just score. Somebody was DMing me about, uh, it, saying basically it's the system, the, the offensive system, I guess, our motion or whatever that it doesn't doesn't call for driving to the hoop, and I don't know enough about to say whether that's it or not. But my uh, my thing was it like it wasn't a problem the Grant and Admiral years. wasn't like, a problem last year for Kennedy Chandler at the end of the year. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we we were attracting the hoop pretty relentlessly in in other years, and he said, well, they changed the offense since last year. I thought they changed it last year, which uh, goes back to what you were just saying. It's like Kennedy Chandler drove the hell out of the ball. Yeah, and that opened things up for everybody else on the floor. Well, we also had Triple J and Vescovy hitting the three ball at a very high rate last year. Really good clip. I mean, that changes everything. Like, my high school Harry analysis is – Give me shooters. I just want shooters, man. I, I'm not in love with the six foot eight guy who's super yeah. bouncy and everything. And I don't. Some people like Bama has those guys. Arkansas has those guys. So maybe that's the way to go. I, I could be wrong. If you have I, those guys, they got to attack Russ. What, what I like is shooters. I like guys who knock down open threes. And we got two guys, Vescovy and James, that were doing that last year and aren't doing it this year. I feel like that is a huge thing. Vescovy's doing it a little bit more than James. James ain't doing it at all. It's weird, too, because he was shooting like 50% from three the first 10 games when he was mm-hmm. only playing a little bit, and then he shut it down. Mm-hmm. And ever since he's come back, like I wonder, like if you go back, whatever his first game back was, and chart his three-point percentage, I'll bet it's less than 20%. Huh. 
We can look it up for sure. I mean, you could it'd be fairly simple to figure out, but yeah, I mean, it's just we don't we don't have it. I feel we have a lack of explosive playmakers on the floor right now. I, and that's wild because last year, that was one of the things I loved about how they were all playing at the end of last year. We had explosive playmakers at every spot. But we've got to start attacking the rim. Way too passive. James, one of seven last night. Five of 12 from the field against Auburn. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's like that's 41%. That's, that's okay. That's pretty good. Two of 11 against Florida. That's not okay. Five of 11 against Texas. It's pretty good. Two of nine against Georgia. Nine of 16 at LSU. Five of 12 against Mississippi State. Two of eight. Two of seven. Four of nine. Three of five. Oh of seven. One of five. He, he might be doing a little bit better than – I've been giving him credit for, but on the season, he's shooting 37.5% from the field and 30.1% from three-point range. That's not very good. For, for a five-star recruit, fourth-year senior, and again, I know that the injuries, man, I he's a great ambassador for the program, really sharp young man. I, I, I hate to be going in on it, like, and I'm not putting it all. He'll, he'll be every- one of our all-time favorites, though. Don't you feel like? He's going to be one of mine. I feel like he would have. He, I feel like he will be if he comes back and finishes this season strong and gets us somewhere and leaves us with a good taste in her mouth. But I, I feel like, oh, it won't for me. As hard as that kid's played, and as much as he's given to the program, and I mean, he's he's been a rock oh, from three point range. What show, show me that again, Benny Stats, Benny Slots, Benny. Benny, Benny got Benny Slots. Slots I've, I've got Benny Stats. Benny Slots. Little Benny Slots. Josiah there. in his last five games is two of twenty-four from three-point range. Yeah, it's, uh, that's rough. But that's less than ten percent, bro. You I'm know no mathematician, but that's that See, ain't good. Triple J's he's in an, an elite group with me as a fan. Why? I don't know. He's up there with up with who? Say it, Princeton fan. <laughs> he's one of those guys. Oh. He, he, he's one of those guys. Guys, Bear loves for no discernible reason whatsoever. Okay, as long as you're honest about it. There's another Let's, one that I, I think is going to be in there, too. It's a little bit – it's a little more obvious. I like Tobey Awaka. I think we're all going to like him. Jay is next. Good afternoon, Jay. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Well, Russ uh... – Talk to me about Missouri, man. I haven't seen them play, but I've heard they're a, they're an up and down team, shooting a lot of threes. Have you have y'all got to see watch them? I saw them. the The only time I've watched them this year was their game against Kentucky, when they blew Kentucky out at home. And Did um, they really? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and they were fun to watch, man. I mean they they played up and down. They're shooting a lot of threes playing pressure defense, creating turnovers, steals, and, and they ran all over them, man. That was, that was a fun game to watch. Um, since then, they haven't exactly set the world on fire. They're 18-6 and six overall, 6-5 six and five in the conference. Uh, they beat South Carolina last night by nine, lost at Mississippi State the game before that. Before that, they'd won three in a row, including 
against number 12, Iowa State. It's going to be a tough game Saturday, man. They're a good team. I, that, I mean, I got that's his first year. I, I'm pretty sure that's, that's a pretty good job he's done um, in, in year number one. Um, I, what, you know, we talk about needing to shake some things up offensively. Uh, I mean, is it is it too simple of an of a answer to say, you know, try to get up and down the court a little bit more? Uh, just try to, you know, get the ball, get it up, and let's, you know, more a little bit just more up-tempo to try to get some easier shots for Viscovi and because, uh, you know, when we get in the half court, teams are, you know, we don't, like y'all said, we don't have a lot of shooters. We don't have a lot of guys you have to worry about. They're, they, they key in on him big time. Um, I mean, I, I, look, I just forgotten more basketball than, than I'll know, but it seems like, you know, that, that could be a potential uh, thing that could just help us get up and get going. What do y'all think about that? I think they kind of tried that last night. Uh, that's what the announcers said, w- and, and they meet with Barnes before the game, and he's. Yeah. They said that he wanted to pick it up, pick up the pace offensively to try and get, like you're saying, some easier buckets. And that was very noticeable to me in the first half. Is like, well, we're uh-huh. we're whipping the ball around and we're we're trying to force the tempo a little bit. But it was like, and, and it worked right because we we scored more. We had four guys in double figures last night, but it felt like it the extra offensive production came at the expense of the defense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, it 100% did. Yeah. Well, you know. Because that's why – it, it, real quick no, here, Jay, ahead, it's, it's why, um, you know, Russell, you were talking about how you uh, your coaching source about letting off a little bit. Well, yeah, I was thinking that too is, okay – you're playing so hard defensively. We know that's non-negotiable. Now you're asking them to pick up the pace on offense, and, and that mm-hmm. worked for a while. Did we kind of run out of gas down the stretch? I mean, Awaka definitely did. Yeah, we we and we ha- uncharacteristically – I mean, that Vanderbilt team should not have shot 50%, which is I think what they shot from three last night, if I'm not mistaken, around there. I mean, they, they hit 10 threes. It's unacceptable. So, but if you don't if you don't press it, what I've noticed teams doing going all the way back to Florida, uh, the Florida game is they are sprinting uh, as soon as we get the rebound and getting back and getting set up on defense and was, you know making Tennessee work for it. Well, you know, guys, I've always said uh, I think today's game is is more reliant on shooting threes than it than it ever has been obviously but look the five-star guys are nice the six foot eight guys that can run and jump and if you get a five-star guy that can drain it you're you're really cooking with grease then but i've always said you know it were it pays to have a guy or two on your team like a lee humphrey a guy that just knows his role plays good defense and can drain the three just absolutely drain the knock the bottom out of it and that was though, like, he was one that I'll I'll never uh, never set right with me that he ended up where he ended up. You ever see him play in high school? Yeah. Oh I, man, I played I was, against him in high school. Really? Yeah. Where'd you play, yeah. Jay? I went I went to Oak Ridge and then I went to Dobbins. Okay. Lee Humphrey was the truth in high school, man. Like he, you talk about a guy who do, could go up in any situation and get his shot whenever, wherever he wanted. Yeah. Didn't matter how many people you had on him, just whatever he wanted to do well, out there. And, Crazy good defender, like crazy good defender. But he was he was a, he was one of those 
he was that he's that guy. I mean, he's a cold-blooded three-point shooter. You're right, though. I mean, like, we and we had that in McBee for a couple of years. Now, I think we've had a couple of other guys who were just yeah. pure shooters. And, like, you know, you don't play that guy necessarily 30 minutes a night, but no. he's in there at the last five he's minutes there, when, you, when well, you're needing threes. And so. the other team knows he's there the entire 40 minutes. They know that he can come in there any minute, and it's just – it's – it's like having that guy who can take the top off of the defense in football on the outside where it's like uh, Devontae Smith over there, like he ain't going to get the ball more than six or seven times, but you better be ready. Jalen Hyatt, you better be ready. When they throw yeah. it to him, it's going to be big. Well, I mean, Russ, I mean, think about it. Every year in the tournament, you see schools like Northern Iowa, and they got a bunch of guys that look like they played in the movie Hoosiers. And then they just come and just – they beat some team, and they just knocked the bottom out of it from three. Y'all remember when we played American, and they had that little five foot nine point guard? We couldn't guard him. He was just draining these threes. I mean, they, it's just like that, that's uh, that's what terrifies me <laughs> is we're going to get matched <laughs> up with, you know, Iowa, Purdue, that uh, you know Marquette shoots it really well this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I, I tell you what, man, uh, Missouri number nine in the Ken Palm offensive efficiency stats this year. Mm. You ready? You ready? It's going to be tough for us. Y'all hang in there. All right. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Keep things rolling here. And Rusty is next. What's up, Rusty? Well, you, I, I called because you were talking about Jay, and, I, and you kind of stole my thunder. I was going to bring up the fact that he, he was like two of his last 25 from three, which is, I think you said two of 24 was the actual number. I knew it was somewhere around there. It's, I, I'm guessing it's he's more banged up in more ways than we can imagine. I mean, he, he was four of six from three at LSU, and, and I was like, he, he's turned the corner. And then since then, it's been maybe as bad a run as he had since he has been in college. And it's, it's sad. Um, but maybe he's going to have a run in the next six weeks where he goes 18 for his next 25 and carries us. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe the odds even out the way they should. Yeah, if, if... He, he's, not a, he's not a two for 25 percentage three no. year. I think he's just going to slump. No, he was so clutch last year in in the SEC tournament. I mean, he must have shot forty yep. percent from three point range in that tournament. And you know, maybe he, if if he has to miss a couple of games here, Rusty, with an ankle injury, maybe he comes back in in better form. You you never know. But he he was really struggling for sure. I'll tell you the Lee Humphreys thing. We have a Lee Humphreys on roster. We we have Santi, who is not extremely athletic and get and can get his own shot. But he can make them at a high rate if you get him open looks. But he doesn't ever get open looks. The difference was that Florida team got Humphreys so many wide open corner threes. It seems like he was always corner. And I was, I guess, because they had so many other guys that drew attention. If Sonny had some guys that could like pull his defender off of him, he would be the same dude. We just don't have that capability. Which is, you guys brought it up. Maybe the reason Sonny and Triple J shot so well last year is Kennedy took their defenders with him and left them wide open. Oh, when Kennedy was going to the rack last year, Rusty, he was drawing pretty much 
that you'd have to collapse. And if you didn't, right. I mean, he was just going to either dunk it or lay it in. And that's when Ziegler was really effective as well because he would come knifing in from the other side when you started paying attention to yeah. Kennedy Chandler. Oh, he thought Key was going to be a great spot-up shooter. And Key, maybe. Key can't handle the ball good enough to play that role. To shoot? To be a shooter? No, to, to be able to, you know. Well, I'm talking about just pure shooters. The, yeah, and the, poor Sonny, man. He goes four of eight from three-point range last night. And what is he, an 80% career free throw shooter higher? I mean, I, I hate that you you know that's uh, killing him right now that he missed that free throw. The real problem is Santi and Key, every three they're taking is damn near contested with a guy chest to chest with them. They're just not getting open shots because we don't have guys penetrating and drawing the defenders and then kicking it to them. We, and I don't know that we're going to get those guys open looks. I don't know if we're capable of getting those guys open looks like, like you want yeah. your shooters to get. The only problem is, and I think a lot of people are starting to ask themselves that question, uh, there are three players on the team that haven't seen the floor that, you know, that's what yeah. they were known for coming up in high school and they, I mean, three, like Russ said, three top 100 players on the bench. All three of them are yeah. slasher shooters, attack the rim kids. And you brought up last night them making 10 threes being unacceptable. It is, but their seven-foot guy hit three in the first half. Uh, he he went full we, Dickinson. Yeah, I mean, there's just no accounting for when teams do that to you. Whenever they have some guy who's made six all year, makes three in a ball game, you know, you're likely to get beat. Seems but like it's happening to us up. a lot lately. <laughs> Dude, it only made six threes all season. The guy Rusty. from Florida went off on it. Lofton yeah. goes off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what's starting going to on, feel man? like that Sinceri uh, football year where every week yeah. whoever played Tennessee had the offensive uh, player. Surely of the week. that won't happen again. Oh, it happened again. Surely that'll be the last time again. Oh, nope. it happened again. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but we still should have been in overtime. Worst case scenario, yeah. if we don't help off with the three point shooter and make the guy take a tough two, guard it. But nope, we left the guy in the corner wide open, and we end up losing by one instead of going to overtime. Worst case scenario. Even with them making the t- making nine threes at that point, had we just not let them take that one, and I think it was Santi that left him. If I'm not mistaken, Santi's the one that left their shooter in the corner to come help in the paint. Yes. It's uh, it, it, it's frustrating, but maybe that game last night is gonna be great learning stuff for Phillips that you don't pass up the dunk. Santi, you don't leave your man in certain situations, and you daggone better be locked in on the front ends of one and one. And maybe we take that and, and roll with it in the right way. I don't know. I like the that's hopeful the way, uh, Yeah, I like the optimistic tone at the end there, Rusty. Hopefully that's the way we're all gonna look at it in this fan base. Somehow I don't think that's the way we'll look at it though. We'll see. We'll see. We got to get yeah. it turned around. Rusty got to run, man. Thanks. Thanks. Phillips four of five from the field. He should have been five of six. Like he's got the he opportunity. Should have been, he should have really been like eight for ten. He, he's got the opportunity. Yeah, he's got the opportunity. We talk That's about the, guy the go-to guy, yeah. the driving. The he he's the one guy that can kind of just just do it, man. Just do it. I wish Barnes it's just grabbing by the. It's yeah. like, dude. Do it. Take over. Yeah. Demand the ball. Don't pass. You get the ball. Stop passing it. He needs. He needs to play a little bit. You know. Come like, on, man. 
Hey, we know you got it in you, bro. Hate to go back to him. You think there's any way Schofield passes up that dunk? If that's him on that breakaway. I mean, maybe his freshman year, which what like, come on, Julian. We we know you got it in you, man. Take over. Do it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that's gonna you want to be one and done and uh, go in the draft. I want uh, be a lot Barnes to tell Phillips, look, I don't care how they guard you Saturday against Mizzou. I want you to take fifteen shots Saturday. Like if if you don't take fifteen shots in this game, don't bother showing up for practice the next day. One of those situations. Yeah, I mean, that I, happens. I just, just it happens. Demand, with demand basketball, the ball when you get it. Put it on the floor. Go to the go to the hoop every single time. Quick timeout. The drive continues. More fan run radio coming up. Welcome back. The drive continues. Fan run radio. Russell Bear, Marcus. We've got Ben Slotnick, Benny Slots in the house with us this afternoon. We're breaking it down. Picking up the pieces. Moving on. Um R.I.P. Burt Bacharach. What a blow. That sounds like something that oh. hit you hard. Oh, yeah. Songbird of your generation. I mean, the man is, I mean, he's he was one he's one of the immortals. If you look at some of the songs he wrote, I don't timeless know. classics. I don't know any and the of his best songs. Part, his songs are so good that if you take like a world class, you know, like I'm talking like a world class vocalist, like one of the greats, like, like sing the hell out of any of his songs. His masterpiece. Uh, all I know him from is that Austin Powers cameo he had. Uh, my favorite that he wrote is probably "This Guy's in Love with You." That's a really cool song. This guy's in love with you. Yeah. But see, when I was listening to stuff, it was like on the radio. When I was he's like talking about himself, like kid. he's singing to a girl. This guy's in love with you. Yeah, it's like uh, classic '60s, like, like mid to late '60s kind of just pop love songs. It was, was, it, was really, it pop music? Like uh, I always kind of figured that was like old person, kind of like swing, like uh, like in between Lawrence Welk and Barry Manilow. Oh no. God, you really, you really haven't listened to his stuff, have you? I haven't. No, he's like probably he's one of the greatest American songwriters ever. Okay, the man is due respect. Is yeah. he on par with um, uh, who did Sweet Caroline? That guy, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Is it is Bert, is it that same vein right there? Can just kind of yeah, like pretty. Sh- I would be stunned if Diamond didn't perform with Baccarat or or it worked. I would be stunned if he hasn't sang a. Burt Bacharach. I like Neil Diamond. I can get down with some Neil Diamond. Burt Bacharach's catalog? I mean, you can put it up against, I mean, as far as just like how much it's worth. All right. I mean, you put it up with. Putting on for the uh, big Burt Bacharach. I'm just telling you, man, it's it's probably one of the most valuable catalogs. I think he he probably struggled with just having the, you know what he had? The Jim Bob Cooter effect. Burt Bacharach is a cool name, dude. <laughs> I don't want to speak ill of the dead. It, it we we should honor him. Careful. and I, I, dude, I'm that not guy was the king music. of it's, cool. It's back a in funny the day. name, Burt Bacharach. Oh, was, sure it is. Was the king of cool? If your name's that goofy, man, you got to be really good at what you. He could write 
hella good love songs. Just gonna say I hear more Neil Diamond on the karaoke machine than I do. I mean, you like Neil Burt Diamond Backgammon. for God's sakes, and you're giving me static about Burt Bacher. I'm not. I'm. Ju- I'm not giving you static. I'm just saying I'm not. I'm not familiar. I'm not. See, Bear, when I don't have what familiarity, I don't offer an opinion. Not every. I don't have. I have a hot take up or down on any subject out there. I don't know. I know he's big. I know the name. I recognize the name. Yeah, all I'm saying so he's, I'm, he's a giant. I'm a. He was a huge fan of his. But yeah, he'll he's one of Tom the Jones. Is he in the Tom Jones? Dude, he's about f- no. Like like Tom Jones would be happy to sing a song that he wrote. I'm not I'm not talking about quality. I'm talking about genre. I'm talking like is he in the same vein of like a crooner? A yeah. crooner. He's yeah. a crooner. Yeah. Tom Jones is a crooner. M- my respect for him is more as a songwriter, not necessarily as a performer. So you got to look up his songwriting credits. This raindrops keep falling. I've heard raindrop. That's a dude from. It's not a but, banger. From Butch Cassidy. Raindrops keep falling my head. That is a certified smoking hot <laughs> platinum <laughs> banger of a track, <laughs> Russell. It's a, it's a well-known song. It's not a good. That's. I, I'm not going to say it's not a good song because I'm not going to speak ill of the dead on day. I'm just saying it's not my bag. Raindrop. You're going to sit not here my with bag. a straight face and say, "Yes, that song." If that song comes on, it reminds me of a, of my happy childhood, buddy. I'm turning the channel, man. Give give me something else. Doesn't do it for me. I don't know. That's kind of stuff, you know. We're we're you and I are driving to lunch. We're going up to Rickard Ridge. We're cruising on a beautiful spring afternoon. The sun's shining. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Comes on the radio, and you're like, immediately we get hungry. Turn that up. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, turn that up. Turn that up. That's yeah. Burt freaking Bacharach. Don't you dare change that channel. Well, That's, he's not the one that made it famous. Saying, you're not he wrote saying it. that. You're not saying that. Yeah, you're turning the channel. No, I'm not. I know every damn word to the song, Russ. <laughs> It's in my here. I'll show you. It, it's in my. Uh, Is that the song that um, the guy was? Singing? B.J. Thomas made it famous. Burt Bacharach wrote it here. Is it the song? You know, what? I've I've heard the song. You don't have to play it for me. I, I feel like I do. Is that the song that was uh, the guy from Clockwork Orange was singing that alerted? No, he sang "Singing in the Rain" singing by Bing. Okay, I'm singing in the rain. Yeah, I know how that one goes too, Bear. He looks like a Burt. Baccarat. Have you seen photos of this guy? Marcus. Did Personal the man... appearance is not show fodder. Certainly not on a day when the guy passes away. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Please. that part, actually. Burt Baccarat. You forgot that he passed away? Why do you think we're talking about, about Burt Baccarat? You think he's going to let me talk about Burt Baccarat for 10 minutes if it's not the day the man left the mortal coil? I didn't say and look. joined the chorus I didn't in s- heaven, Russell. I didn't say so that. He was heaven sent. He was an angel. Looking like a Burt Bacharach was a bad thing. Do you look like Austin Powers probably, right? Is that the picture you're looking at? No, it's him at like uh, some sort of red carpet kind of event. I, you know, it just, you know, some people you see, hear a name and you go, that's the guy. Like I, if we were to go to an event, Russell, and you said there's a Burt Bacharach here, I could pick him out in the crowd. Like that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Like I just have to hear the name and I'll know. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. It's not a bad thing. So if I, I, I showed you, you didn't know what Burt Bacharach looked like before today. No. If I showed you a lineup of 
of six random guys and one of them had to be Burt Bacharach, you think you would have picked <laughs> oh, 100%. him out? hundred percent. hundred percent. I have dude, dude was a star. I have name and style. Mr. Bacharach. Like, no, I, 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 we got to put, we gotta put this to the test. All right, we'll figure out an artist I don't know and we can see if we can. Uh, if, if Marcus yeah. can identify people from a lineup based on their name. Yeah. Especially if it's like a name like like something like that, like a Burt Bacharach. It doesn't have to be that. What if his name but... was like Steve Lomax, and they it was like, "No, dude, you look like a Burt, <laughs> Burt Bacharach. You're gonna change your name to Burt Bacharach." I'd be willing to bet. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not the name he started off with, right? His name is Burt Freeman Bacharach, according to Wikipedia. Huh? Freeman. Burt Freeman Baccarat. BFB. Kansas City, Missouri. Graduate of McGill University. I believe that's where uh, Kevin O'Neill went to school. In Canada. It's a big school. KO. Huh. Let's get uh, Sharpie in here. Now, Sharpie, before you're allowed to speak, you owe Bear an apology. You were a little out of line the other day. You were way out of line, as a matter of fact. Are you going to apologize to Bear this afternoon? I thought that was an excellent call. I thought that was. Like Are you going to apologize to Bear this afternoon? Bear, I'm sorry. Okay, that's good. And Stay I'm with out. us. The drive continues. Coming. I'm sorry, Sharpie. You you, you you were a little out of line. You're a little out of line yourself. You apologized and you took the shot, and now you can you can come back tomorrow. But uh, that's that's your punishment, as as handed down by the Council of Elders. Your your slate's wiped clean. You could run it back tomorrow if you want, but uh, let that let that be a lesson to you. Stay with us. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. For Bacharach, I, I will give the devil his due. I don't even know why I said that. Like uh, again, I mean he's. Uh, I just know. I, like I didn't again. realize he wrote. Um, Oh, God, hell, I was just listening to it. Now we're listening to Have a Cigar. He was married to Angie Dickinson during her prime. Ooh. Angie you know what Dick- Junior always Angie said? Angie Dickinson, a Titans Bill special from back in the day. In Corrado's <laughs> Dressed to kill. Well, married four times with four children. One for Who all was he married to? I bet you I Paula Stewart. Don't know her. Angie Dickinson. Know her. Carol Bayer Sager. Huh. She looks really familiar. B A E R. Yeah. She related to Max Bear. She was an American lyricist, singer, songwriter, and painter. Huh. Is that it? Uh, his last wife was Jane Hansen. Hmm. Oh, Burt Bacharach got around. Say a little prayer. He wrote that. That was a huge one. Aretha made that. Let's get Daniel in here. Daniel, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. With your Austin Powers reference, I thought about telling him it was Shagwell who was calling. Oh, man. That's that's all Felicity. I know him from is from Austin Powers. Dan Shagwell. I, Felicity Shagwell and Austin Powers dancing in the courtyard to uh, Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach. Elvis Costello. Bacharach. That's more my speed. Elvis Costello? Oh, yeah. In the movie, he's singing a Burt Bacharach song. I'm, uh, yeah, it's the 
What hey, do man, you get we all have our influences. fall in love? <laughs> like Russ is thinking of him, I think, as a performer. I'm thinking, I'm talking about him as just a songwriter. Yeah, that might be more of the case. Uh, but yeah, Elvis Costello, he was singing, What Do You Get When You Fall in Love, that tune in there, you know. But um, That's a great song. It is a good song. Very good song. I love the, the melody and then everything of that nature, getting a rabbit hole with that. Russ, you make a very good point, and I totally agree with you. It's just, um, you think, you, you kind of just got to think that when he missed that open dunk, that it was just like in the back of his mind, am I going to get in trouble or, or am I going to get, you know, he was looking, you, you know, you just don't know what goes in that situation, but all that just kind of checks up with Barnes and how, how hard he is on his players, especially on the offensive end. I think he's, he's just thinking uh, it's a big moment, and here I've got this opportunity. What do I do? What do I do? What would Coach want me to do? And you can't play that way. You can't. Like, whether you're scared or not, you're thinking, what do, what would Coach want me to do? What, what would Coach do? And the, you can't – like, you you got to uh, have a baller instinct of you're not thinking about what anybody would do. You see that hoop, and I'm fixing to slam this thing. Like, you just do it instinctively. And I think that's what people say, like, when they – coach it out of now you know Barnes has coached out the flair the European flair from Vescovy's game but it's not like bad he was first team all SEC coming into the season like he's obviously a really good player so like there are things that you have to coach out of people but there's like a process that these guys go through and it's like they can't become confident until they've been around for a while like you know, uh, Josiah and and Ziegler a little bit, but Vescovy, they've been in that program for three or four years. You know, Admiral and, and Grant, like Bowden didn't become a confident player until later on. And I think that's something that Barnes is going to have to figure out. It's like, how do I get the most out of freshmen? How do I get these guys who I'm only going to have for one year to be confident immediately? That's That's a difficult question to answer. Daniel, we got to run, man. Appreciate the phone call. Stay with us. Hour number three of The Drive coming up on Fan Run Radio.